0: melody asani i'm julie burns walker today we welcome you back to the butterfly forecast
1: what's up everyone i'm melody asani Today, we wanted to revisit one of our favorite episodes, a talk on listening and trusting yourself with none other than Anthony Kiedis.
2: I like the getting naked in Baja, California (laughs) swimming pools conversation. Embarrassing teenage daughters at Macy's.
1: Wait, were you ever embarrassed by your parents?
2: Not by their nudity. My mom was not a a flagrant nudist. No. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I I don't think you can get through childhood without embarrassing moments. Mm. But embarrassment is a big word. Mm. So there's like tiny weird dad,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: then there's also, oh my God, my dad might die. Embarrassment.
1: Mm. What do you mean?
2: Well, my dad was often intoxicated when I was in the junior high school era to the point where I was concerned for him. Like mm-hmm. if he gets in a car. So that was both embarrassing and like, uh, oh, I hope he doesn't kill himself.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So you started tracking your dad. Tracking. Yeah, like you were... Parenting. Parenting. Yes.
2: But that's a a very strong subject to go down the avenue of. I like intuition.
1: What do you think is the difference between intuition and instinct?
2: I was going to ask you that very question. So there's
1: my (laughs) intuition.
2: Literally. Really? Yeah.
1: Seriously? Oh, yeah.
2: Or just having another sense that Mm -hmm. maybe jumps ahead in time to know things. I have no idea. And I feel like the more I would try to analyze it, the more I would get in the way of it just happening.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I think nature, animals, all have intuition slash instinct. Whether you're a tree or a jaguar, you kind of have this other thing going on because it's your survival Mm -hmm. and you just know shit. Yeah. And you know how to behave and you have a little thing that goes off inside of you, a little antenna or whatever. Whether it's food time or get out of the way time or mating time or go have fun time, I feel like animals are really great at intuition, which means that we are too, but we just blow it a lot because we're so distracted. And
1: we have free will. Do we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, compared to. I don't know the way that I see it. I feel like animals, even though it may seem like they they have free will, they're so true to their design. Like they don't veer from what they are.
2: They're less egocentric.
1: Yeah, it's a squirrel's not like I want to be a shark. You know, it's not trying to be outside of its habitat or
0: or even its instincts aren't like I am. So dang sick of these nuts and berries you know, somebody get me a steak. (laughs) Like a squirrel always knows what's going to feed its microbiome and propagate the future and, you know, do the most and be the strongest and live the longest. I love that part of instincts if we listen to them.
2: If we listen. So I guess my next question is, what can you do to feed or exercise your intuition?
1: Listen to it. I feel like the more you listen to it, or for me at least, the more I listen to it, the more confirmed I am by it and the more I trust it. And then the less I veer from it or question it. It just seems to get louder if I listen to it or take time and space for it. Like I know we talk about this a lot, like nature is a place where Time slows down for us. It's like when I'm at work, it's like, oh, my God, how is it already five o'clock? Like it just everything's happening so fast. So much is going on. You're doing so much. But sometimes I'll spend like 10 minutes in nature. I'll just take like a walk and it'll feel like an eternity. Like it'll just give me what I need to slow down. So I feel like purposefully taking time to do that, to like check in versus always being so external. Mm. So like figuring out what are the things that get you in yourself quick? Like a place, a person, a food, it could be anything like.
2: Where's your place?
1: I have different ones. This last couple years I've developed my like prayer practice or my meditation practice where I feel like I created a place inside me that I can go to pretty quick and just check in there. And I feel like I'm in a place. Even if I'm externally somewhere, I can just go in there and be there for a moment.
2: You're practicing. Yeah. Nice. I meant where is your nature place, but I got got an even better (laughs) insight.
1: Do you have something like that?
2: A practice? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: My practice is extremely freestyle Mm -hmm. and very undisciplined, but yes. So my practice is anytime that I feel the need to talk to God, I will have a little mini conversation. And it's usually to express thanks. Like as I go through my day and I don't die on my motorcycle or I get to witness a bit of nature or a little Mm -hmm. bit of um, synchronicity or anything. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And I'm like, that's not me. That's something greater than myself. I think I'll show my thanks for that Mm -hmm. being on a motorcycle is kind of meditative because you have no choice but to do one thing which is pay attention to not die not die (laughs) so that puts my head in that that realm of like i'm not thinking a thousand thoughts at once um surfing is a bit of a yoga Mm. prayer meditation nature hallelujah Mm
3: -hmm.
2: fuck yeah moment But I don't really get still too often because I have a teenage boy and I like jump out of bed and start making toast. You're on it. Yeah, which is my own problem.
0: What about when he grows up?
2: When he grows up? (laughs) What about when I grow up?
0: (laughs) You're talking about intuition and instincts as if they're the same, but I really think of them as very different and unique. And Anthony, you always seem to me like every time I've ever been with you or seen you, you seem to inhabit yourself completely. You seem to flow in your body. And I wonder how you do that.
2: Well, I agree that intuition and instinct are not the same. Mm. Instinct, I feel like, is more of a survival thing and Intuition is more listening Hmm. to the universe thing. Mm -hmm. As for being in my body, inhabiting my body, I think that comes and goes. I also maintain unique reality in a crowd. Like I'm not 100% comfortable just coexisting with my fellows. Mm -hmm. Again, my problem. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Whatever boundaries that I eh, Sometimes. So part of my instinct, maybe intuition is smell. If I had a superpower, it would be my ability to smell things from miles away.
0: That is so profound. It's like our oldest modality that humans possess. Smell? The most faithful.
2: And the most disconcerting when your best friends like to chew on stalks of garlic.
1: (laughs) The first time Flea ever brought me to a show, I was in the back room, you know, with the band, which I... I normally feel uncomfortable in any way, but Flea was like, no, no, you stay here. You stay here. And everybody had ordered food and they had ordered. Oh yeah. We had ordered food because we hadn't eaten and it was Lebanese food. So of course it comes with like (laughs) a big clump of that garlicky sauce. I forgot what it's called. It's like a garlic sauce and it's really kind of I don't know if it was my first time meeting you, but it was my first time being in that environment with you.
2: I met you at the school briefly. Oh, yeah, briefly.
1: But it was the first time that I, one of the first times where we had hung out. And he walked into the room from across the room, maybe like 15 feet away. Like I was on the opposite side of the room. And he was like, who brought garlic in here? (laughs) And I was like, "Eh." (laughs) "Ah." (laughs)
2: <laughs> I remember that well. It's hard for me to breathe.
1: He couldn't breathe.
2: <laughs> my eyes start to go, and it was an enclosed space. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You were pissed.
2: I wasn't pissed. I was stressed.
1: You were annoyed.
2: Maybe, but not with you. <laughs> Just getting ready for a show is yeah. already like a high emotional right. experience, the right. preparation. And then, yeah, it's part of my, my type A meltdown personality
0: trait. But that's a perfect, perfect moment to ask that question then. How do you get back in yourself when you're in a situation that's not ideal for you?
2: I don't exactly know the answer. First of all, I I did enjoy your presence from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. You were so different (laughs) at that moment than you are at this moment. You were really quiet. And so I didn't quite know. Like, who is she behind all that quiet?
3: Mm-hmm. Is
2: she a tough girl or is she like a sensitive girl or who is she?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now I, I know you're multifaceted.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Hologram. Red. Yeah. Um, getting back into myself. So the ritual of preparation is helpful. Mm-hmm. Having a team, a band is helpful. It's, it's not all on me. It's I know that I can lean on my guys who have been through this Many, many, many times. Going off into the bathroom and just being alone and focusing on the task that we had going on. And just reminding myself like it's not about me and my nose and what I want at that moment. We're all together. And there were some other, maybe more humorous distractions going on people, mm-hmm. just characters floating around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when you have something to do that's, that's that meaningful or important to you, I think you have to set aside being out of your body as not an
0: option. Did you always know how to get back in your body, so to speak, in your life? Or have you ever like had your, like the arrow of your compass point the wrong direction? Or does the arrow always point true north? But then you just experiment with, oh, what the hell? I think I'll just do this anyway.
2: All of the above. And I I think my compass goes wonky all the time. Or maybe maybe it doesn't. Maybe I just go like, oh, I think I'll ignore the arrow pointing Mm. to true north and see what this cliff to the east has to offer. Mm. I don't know. I think the universe or the collective energy of, creation has been very kind to me in terms of keeping me alive and in good fortune. So the magnetic pull of the invisible powers of love and collective creation have been more than generous because left to my own devices, I think I've gone off compass one too many times. But yeah, I do have something inside my brain that, that quietly or secretly or a surreptitious recognition of where I should be going, even though I don't always go there.
0: Um, When we were um, visiting last, right after your son broke his arm, and you were talking about your diet, and I really was relating to it, Um, we were talking about our um, animal protein, and you know how you feel a difference when you eat clean energy or, you know, especially where it comes from such a clean source. And I wonder how you got there. Like, how did you make your body that place where every time you hone in on what it needs? Like, did you always eat so pure and clean?
2: No, but I do listen. And I, and I am curious about that. Growing up I just ate whatever was available for sure because of finance, Mm
3: -hmm. poverty. You grew up poor.
2: I grew up poor and which really trained me to just eat when you can eat.
3: Mm -hmm. If
2: there's food,
3: you eat it. Eat it. Mm -hmm.
2: That got quite extreme to the point where I was sort of homeless and had to go seek out food, like Mm -hmm. with part of my day. Not the way we look at like a tent and Mm -hmm. but just like sleeping on my friend's front lawn furniture and,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, hoping that the dad would offer me a plate of beans later mm-hmm. that day. But then I had a girlfriend at when I was 26, whose family was vegetarian. And I found that just curious, like, oh, what? They decide what they eat. They don't eat whatever's available.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, yes.
2: that that was interesting. Like they just eat vegetables. And that was in the 80s. And that was Ione Skye's family. Mm-hmm. So that was... The first time I remember being conscious of making food choices and then I just tried everything along the way, all kinds of, anytime I would hear something that sounded attractive or interesting or different, I would maybe take it for a spin until a couple of years ago I was injured and someone said, oh, go get stem cells injected into your shoulder. I was like, okay, I'll try it. It didn't work for me at that moment. But the person who is a real egghead scientist, super freak, dedicated to human Mm -hmm. science, said, oh, you should meet this lady from Washington, D.C., Terry. She's all about analyzing your genetics to determine what your best eating plan is. I was like, okay, I'll try that just for fun. And then the super intuitive, amazing, sort of on the verge of a Nobel Prize winning scientist comes over. And looks at my 23andMe to see what my genes are doing. Mm. Checks me out, muscle testing from head to toe, has all of these samples. And then she's like, you don't have a gallbladder. This is your blood type. This is your genetic type. You have to eat wild, wild food, wild animals. And these are the things that don't work for you. These are the things that do. And I was like, I've got nothing to lose. I'll I'll try it. It seemed attractive. I always admired people that caught their own food and prepared their own food. Uh It seemed a lot more of an investment than going to a supermarket and just picking up a package of junk Uh or processed anything. Uh So I dedicated myself to it in a way that I don't usually dedicate myself to eating because the pandemic was on and I hired a, a cook. And somehow he was able to source any wild animal under Mm -hmm. the sun. And I was sequestered from a landslide and a pandemic and a project and like the middle of the Pacific Ocean with a guy who could somehow order like antelope. (laughs) And what I found is energetically, I resonated with it like nothing I had ever eaten before. The taste and the vibe instantly. But like two months later, all of this kind of middle-aged spread that just collects on you over time, like knots on a tree, just washed away. Mm. And my energy came up and my joints felt better and my brain was a little less foggy. and
0: Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Don't you love that when you find that thing that you know is your design, it's not generic, and now everything makes sense, like why other things didn't work for you, even though you may have resonated with the theory behind it. I love when you find that thing that works. It's nothing, then you know that that has to apply to every other subject. Mm. You know, like if it works for food, it works for love. It works <laughs> for environment. Why did you laugh so hard? <laughs>
2: I don't know, because A is a very positive way of looking at the situation, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So that made me giggle. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah, I liked your response to to that story.
0: That's incredible. So does your intuition spark first, or do you see something along the way, and then your intuition goes, wait a minute, I've been thinking about this for a while. This has got to be a piece of that puzzle.
3: Both.
2: Sometimes I'm sure we all are like, we'll think something's going to happen. And then five seconds later, it it freaking happens. Mm -hmm. You're like, either that's just uh, intuition or you've amassed enough experience where you can predict the future. Mm -hmm. Like in devs, Mm. did you ever see devs? Artificial intelligence amasses enough information so it can continue to Mm. predict what's going to happen.
1: Wait, but Smushi, one time you said that there is, you had noticed that there's a part in the human brain that knows the future.
0: Mm -hmm. What part is that? There's a couple parts. I don't think that it's exclusive to those parts, but the parietal region, like your overseer, like if you had a point on the top of your head, and your temporal lobes, they don't think in a linear way. So it's not past, present, future. Or point by point, it just sees the end in the beginning. That's why sometimes like you'll see something, you guys, and then there's a trigger and then you'll think, oh, wait, I already know this. Wait, I don't know how I know this, but I already know this. Or
3: Is that like deja vu?
0: (laughs) It could be, but I don't think it's deja vu. I think it's you. I think you already know because There are parts of us that are overseers so that you're always safe. And then it will, whatever our most dominant modality is, it works through that. So if you're very kinesthetic and action or movement is how you kind of get your knowing and your bearings, it'll come through something kinesthetic or touch. Or if it's logical, you'll read something and the logic of it will connect you to something. Has nothing to do with logic or even verbal, like some people when they talk, that's when they know what's going to happen. So, like, whatever the modality is that you are the most dominant in, that's where your overseer part of your brain communicates to you. But even our cells are not, they don't function on a grid, they don't function in time, they function past, present, and future are all one, like a spiral. That's why nobody can ever diagnose you absolutely. Like there's always room for change because your cells are capable of seeing how to transform to change, to adapt to something, even if it's one thing, enough to change your chemistry. It's incredible but if our cells do it why wouldn't we utilize that as our way of functioning you know assessing and making decisions
2: That's a lot of food for thought right there
1: mm-hmm. Wait so is that instinct because it's coming oh. from your body it's beyond. neither It's neither beyond <laughs> Yeah
2: That's magic That's that,
1: magic That's
2: humans having a a whole other dimension that we rarely
1: talk about or even yes. just have discovered, really.
2: Yep. Somehow your friend is on that next level of... Yeah, she is.
0: No, we all are. That's the point. That's why I love to talk about it, because we all are that. We all
2: are, but not everybody yes. understands it in the way that you do.
0: Yeah, well, I think not everybody has had the opportunity to explore it or be exposed to it. And I just think give people the place where they... Excel, where it's familiar their style, and that's it. People just need to know what it looks like for them. They can't do it like you guys do it or I do it. They have to do it their way, which is why, Anthony, I bet you, like I notice when you perform, not just you, but I notice the people who come to listen to you, the effect you have on them, I think is this thing we're talking about, I think you remind them of something beyond what they have. Do you get to see that or witness it and just go, wow, this is a marvel, but it's happening?
2: Well, I definitely try not to think about anything other than what we're doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: My analytical mind kind of gets in the way of just flowing. So if I can find a flow, I'm just going to roll with that and try to stay in that energy. Um, I, I think subconsciously, maybe I recognize the exchange that my band has with people, and that there is we elevate each other and kind of inspire each other, but you break it down in a, an interesting and different way, which is a beautiful thing, but I can't think about it too much. I never want to self-analyze. Do
1: you think that's your ego, though? You Could be. Are you worried about it might be your ego?
2: Uh, so when it comes to like a muse, for instance, mm-hmm. say you have this inspiration or you're hearing a song or you're feeling an energy, the surest way to scare that away is to start talking about it.
3: Mm.
2: The muse will just be like, got to go, got to mm-hmm. go. Yes. <laughs> so I'm so grateful for those Feelings and those energetic arrows that come my way that I don't really want to risk it. Yeah. Because I need them. Mm-hmm. I need those, those moments, those energetic moments where we're in the place of, like you say, uh, overseeing, you know, rather than being in this like linear
3: mm-hmm. thing,
2: just get out of the picture a little bit and let it happen.
0: Yeah. Does that happen to you too, Sushi, like when you're designing? No.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no well remember when before you made the clothes you were putting up like all these like star Trekky things on your vision board and then you were putting aliens up and you were putting up um, clothing that were sort of sci-fi-ish and then you were merging like thoughts and ideas and concepts and then you made your inner space series weren't you and that's why i'm asking where were you creating it from I don't know. I'm not sure. Because <sighs> that's when I, Anthony, I was there when she was putting up that board and I was like, what is happening? It just so
1: happened that there is a bunch of different things that inspired me at the same time. And then I just connected them all together and hybrided them into a new story.
2: It's love and inspiration. Yeah. Your vibe. It's like, you love it.
1: I love it. That's why you're good at it. Colors and shapes, and I love hidden messages and Mm. stories. I love introducing a voice that I don't feel like currently exists, or it runs counter to the popular voice. Like anything that questions the status quo, or that sort of reminds people of who they are, why they're here, or just something that feels more supportive when you wear it, maybe. But yeah, it's always inspired by different different things. Like that whole inner space collection is really inspired by the 60s and their idea of what space would look like in the 2000s, you know? (laughs) And then now we're here and it's so different, but really not, you know, not much has changed. We're still so clueless about that. And the whole inspiration behind it was sort of this thing of like, You know, it was like space, the final frontier. And I feel like we were in 2019 then, and I was like, actually, inner space is the real frontier. We're so trying to figure out, like, what's in the oceans and what's in the space when we haven't even really... We don't even know what we are or what's in us or what we're capable of. And I think having practices like meditation and being able to access or being able to articulate even what your intuition is or what all those inner inner space it's like you're an entire universe that's walking around
2: they have a definite similarity yeah like you could get there by going in or by going out
1: yes but i feel like you always have to go in first or else you can get lost if you go out
2: you know your husband so much yeah so when we were probably twenty years old,
3: mm-hmm.
2: we were just goofs, mm-hmm. which was very freeing and lovely in many ways. And one night we were getting ready to go to an after hours club. Mm-hmm. And we looked at each other before we went and went like hey, let's change our names. <laughs> you be in, I'll be out. <laughs> and for the rest of the night, anyone who says, Hey, what my name's Joe, what's yours? I'm out.
1: <laughs> I'm in.
2: Yes. <laughs> Huh. So that's a really strong point. Yeah. Because there is a whole universe to explore right behind your eyeballs. Yeah. But it might be very similar. It might be a reflection or a connection to...
1: For sure. Yeah. Mm. Wait, so Smishy, I have a question for you. What do you think is the difference between instinct and intuition?
0: Well, they come from different parts of the brain, first of all. I mean, they trigger entirely different data and experiences so your instincts are always going to be about what like anthony said earlier your instincts are everything that you perceive your survival depends on even if it's mythology but you grew up with that you know like some people growing up with a concept oh i have to eat three square meals a day whatever that looks like for them Their survival depends on it, until they learn otherwise. Otherwise, if they don't get three square meals, that back part of their occipital brain is going to tell them they're in danger. And they may have eaten like everything they possibly could need to be healthy, but their brain tells them otherwise. Because it's still rooted in survival. And the history of survival And then intuition, first of all, it doesn't depend on the brain. But if it did, it was what we were talking about earlier, the transcendental parts of the brain that can think without data. So they process not in a linear way. They process kind of uh, from the whole back to where you are now. So intuition actually doesn't need a brain to function. It can just operate. But later, you could spend the rest of your life putting the pieces back together, how you got there. Like, what actually made you do that? But you may never know, or you may know if you want to pursue it and piece it together. But I love that we have these modalities that all explore reality. They give you the same information, just from different angles.
2: We don't need a brain to function. Mm -hmm. But we need a brain to explain that you don't need a brain to function, (laughs) which is a a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah.
2: And can we all just take a moment for the word occipital? Occipital. (laughs) I think that's why I've gotten as far as I have in life, because you don't need a brain to function. That's my secret weapon to success.
0: I mean, you need a brain to be in your body. And for it to function at its optimal, for sure, you need a brain. But you don't need a brain to know reality. Your spirit can know reality. And your brain could take a good long time catching up, like, your whole life. I'd love to know, wouldn't that, like, change the way we look at people that we feel sorry for? Instead of feeling sorry for them, we'd have respect for them.
2: That's a good one. And how about just looking at people with any kind of judgment, like this person annoys me or that person's an idiot or that person doesn't think like I think or, you know, this person's a loser or how did that person become such a winner? Just being able to not look at people with such judgment. Can you help me with that?
0: I mean, we all practice. I'm with you. I'm human. But I do know that what helps me is knowing that, We are spirit, and our spirit gets along perfectly. Our brain and our belief systems interfere with us getting along perfectly. And the belief systems that come from perception. So the thing we have to always whittle down to is the simplest, not the most complex. Because... Maybe you'll never understand the motive of a person, never, but you can revere the essence they're made of and wonder, oh my gosh, what was their purpose in the origin of their design? Like, what were they really meant to be? And how can I interplay with that, like a dance?
2: Can you just remind me that, like (laughs) once every hour for the rest of my life?
1: But also, I think it's important, like all that said, that's all, you know, important. But I also think you can't do that unless you feel called to or you feel like it. you have assignment with that person or isn't that true? Mm-hmm. You don't just go around doing that with if somebody like really, really wrangles you or like mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be an, a sacrifice.
0: Yeah, I mean. You have to, isn't that back to like identifying yourself? Are you a squirrel or are you a bull or are you a lion or are you a fish? Like your compatibility depends on knowing what you are here.
2: What are you?
1: What kind of creature am I? Yeah. Well, I like birds a lot. I think I'm some kind of bird. Maybe like a, I don't know.
0: What was that bird I said I told you? Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the condor? Maybe a condor.
2: A very rare species. Mm I
0: think I'm a bird.
2: On the verge of extinction. Mm
0: -hmm. What about you?
2: I don't know what I am. I know what I would like to be, but... What is it? So, I love the killer whale Mm
0: -hmm.
3: a
2: ton. They're just so beautiful and black and white, and they have their families, and they sing, and... Mm-hmm. Apex, no one's going to mess with them. Yeah,
1: and they have a special call.
2: All kinds of All kinds languages, of, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I don't know if that's just me admiring one of Earth's most magnificent creatures and going, oh, I'll just be the apex predator. Mm-hmm. But I also love the wild cats so much. Mm. The tiger and the jaguar and mm-hmm. just looking at them, their color and their movement mm-hmm. and their expression and amazing their poise.
0: Their instincts.
2: Their instincts.
1: They're stealth. Ugh, stealthy and instinctual.
2: Yeah, I just want to kiss those cats on the nose.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, be quick.
2: <laughs> yeah, being friends with somebody who can end it for you
1: mm. in a second? Yeah, I could see both of those for you.
2: But I might just be a three-legged chipmunk, I don't know.
0: <laughs> what about you, Sinshee? I don't know for sure. I, I had a couple dreams. I was a red-tailed hawk. I'd never known there was one before I had those dreams. But I mean, I, it was like, an, I told Smishy this. I was in the first person, like I really was. I looked and saw myself flying. I was soaring over the earth in a circle and just happy not to land. And it felt so right. Felt more right than being in my body as a human, but that's the closest I'd say.
2: I feel like hawks are, to us, Mm -hmm. like message senders,
0: Mm. messengers. I think all animals bring messages.
2: So one time in the 90s, I had gone from being sober for a long time, which was really great, Mm -hmm. to getting high again, mm-hmm. which was pretty rough
3: mm-hmm.
2: on the uh, the narcotics.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'd
2: been up for a couple of days, and I was coming home in the middle of the night, like 3.34 in the morning, just full of devious energy, you know, killing myself. And I was fumbling with the key to get in my gate. And from above my bedroom on this gable sat a hawk. And he started screaming at me, Like I had killed his family. Wow. Over and over. And even though I was stupid and high, not that they necessarily have to go together, but for me they did. It was quite clear to me that this animal was...
1: A messenger.
2: Yeah. Like nobody screams at you for no good reason like that in this Mm -hmm. weird language of half hawk, half... Like there were Mm -hmm. like words in there.
0: Wow. That's powerful. So powerful. And something you can trust. Like, there's no agenda with that. That's a message you can so receive, don't you feel? Mm
2: -hmm. I like the no agenda part. Yes.
1: That's big. I feel like that's the greatest gift of nature. No agenda? No agenda. When something, any kind of Mm. animal appears to you out of context or in a rare sighting, I feel like it's always... A message. I mean, Native Americans have relied on animal totems forever. And I I really believe in that. I mean, we talk about it all the time. We pull animal cards Mm. (laughs) like nobody's business, but I feel like I rely on that heavily. Like, if I see something, I'm like, oh, thank you. And then I look up the meaning or, Mm. like, why did that show up for me now?
3: I
2: liked yes. the the greatest gift part. Yeah. That terminology resonates with me.
1: Yeah.
2: I keep hearing it.
1: The greatest gift.
2: Yes. Really? I keep running into those mm-hmm. words.
1: Huh. In what context?
2: Well, it's a lyric on our new record. Mm. At the end of aquatic mouth dance. It's one of my favorite songs. The greatest gift. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the lady that I went to see speak last night uh-huh. said it like three times. Mm. And then you just busted it up.
1: Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Confirmations for you. Mm
2: -hmm. Like Sunday school confirmations?
1: Sure. Or just (laughs) life school.
2: (laughs) Isn't that a religious thing, a confirmation?
1: I've never
0: associated with it, but.
2: Right? Catholics or something?
0: But I always associate confirmation for like your path. You know, your personal confirmation. Like whatever you're doing right now, that's a mirror for you, so that you keep walking the way you're walking. Yeah.
2: Also, a good word.
1: It's a good word. Yeah. I really like the word because I want them. You do. I do. We get them. I want them shown. I
0: need to be shown.
2: Got a couple in the car.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Anthony, we have a question. We always ask a guest. Before our conversation ends, which is, what did you think you would either personally or collectively see or experience by now in life? Like, what did you think life would be by now, but it's not?
2: Well, one of the things, I don't know that I thought this would happen, but I don't understand why it hasn't yet, Mm. why people don't realize that we're all in this together. Mm. That's the main thing. Like, why are we so divided Mm -hmm. when really we're all in this together? Mm -hmm. Literally, physically, spiritually, just in this together. So that whole concept of like, treat your neighbor how you would like to be treated, Mm -hmm. just eludes us, even though there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Why is that taking so long for people to accept? Mm -hmm. In my life personally, Mm -hmm. it's kind of playing out how it's always felt it should. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was 11, I was quite pleased with my life, Mm -hmm. which was climbing trees, riding bicycles, hanging out with my friends, swimming, fishing. Mm -hmm. And I tried to make a deal with God of my understanding at that time where I looked up to the heavens and was like, (laughs) Can we just keep this rolling as is? Because this is so good fitting me right now. Yeah. I would love to just maintain this. If I have to stay 11, I'll stay 11. I don't care. <laughs> but I like what we have going on. And I feel like, on some level, the universe.
1: You're still 11.
2: And <laughs> in, in, in some ways, in the ability to enjoy the simple mm-hmm. pleasures of life, like mm-hmm. that's my jam. Yeah. The simple. Pleasures, mm-hmm. the bare necessities. Mm. Those are my moments when I just look at a rock from sitting on top of my surfboard. I'm like, that's eh, not going to get any better than that. Mm-hmm. The color, the shape, the texture, the reflections, mm-hmm. the smells.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, so
0: sweet. The smells of confirmation. Okay. <laughs> good smell.
2: It's a good smell. It's also, it smells just remind you of everything that ever happened.
1: Yeah. There's such a marker for time, right? Like all of a sudden you're transported back to
2: more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to thank you for your wisdom and all of your radness and wonder together. You both have a lot to offer.
0: Thanks. Thank you. As do you. Thanks for joining us and making it something completely new.
2: Nice to see you. Thank you.
0: You too. Give my love to your son. I think he's so special.
2: Thank you, and I will.
1: And that's our show. Thank you for joining us today. We come back with new episodes on August 23rd with the excellent Jerrica Hinton.